0: Rock Flag and Eagle.
1: Alright, welcome everybody back to another edition of Chair Chairgating. I'm your host, Rattlesnake, coming at you live once again from Austin, Texas. This is your NASCAR podcast for Belly Up Sports. And today, we got a pretty great show coming at you. We got my buddy, James, over at I Wanna Believe NASCAR. I've had him on the podcast before. He's a lot of fun to talk to. Always has a uh, you know, different take. He, he works in the supercar industry and Loves throwback stuff, so he's always fun to talk to. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. I'm doing this episode a little earlier this week because I got an, a pretty big interview coming up Friday, which I'll be releasing next week. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good interview. I think I think people are going to enjoy it. I, I told you, my audience, my listeners, I told you after Austin Dillon I was going to try to get some more uh, good interviews on here. I've had Bob Pachris also. Uh, so, this is another one that's pretty good. It's it's definitely a name that people talk about a lot, uh, but you're going to have to wait to hear uh, who that is later. So, what well, James, we're going to be talking about, you know, NASCAR, and um, we'll probably go over the Coke 600, and the big news that everybody's talking about, it just started yesterday, is the idea that NASCAR might be transitioning to hybrid engines, which is like the funniest thing to say, because if you would have told me that a couple years ago, I would have laughed in your face. But um, yeah, it's a possibility. Apparently, it's a rumor that's going around right now, so we'll see. I'm gonna talk to James about all that uh, first, though. I wanted to start. I had this whole other idea of what I was gonna talk about for a couple minutes before I have James on here, and um, it was it was gonna be maybe about like cities and stuff like that, because I just on the on my Instagram account at uh, Chairgaten. I posted a picture of the, uh, what is it, the top five TV markets for NASCAR in 2019 so far. And I was going to kind of go over that and then talk about those cities and all this kind of stuff. And I was at the dog park, all right, taking my dog out, uh, Princess Leia, and I saw on Twitter, this is this is what sparked this, I, this is why I decided to change and I had to just immediately get in here and get on the mic to talk about this. Um, Uncle Chaps, or does he just go by Chaps now, I guess? Uh, from Barstool. Uh, I follow him on Twitter. So, I'll, you know, he has some pretty good content every once in a while. But he, where's the tweet that started it? He said, after spending the weekend in North Carolina, I'm ready to give you a take. North Carolina has by far the worst barbecue of any region in the country. He ranks, um, he, ranks he makes his ranking for top seven. Um, and then he says up here, people are saying, chaps, chaps, Lexington is great. The place I ate, Lexington barbecue. Fair point. But then down here, somebody says, uh, well, you had by far the lesser of the two styles in North Carolina. Vinegar base is 10 million times better. And then he quote tweets that saying, that's what I had. It's shit, rubbish, trash. So this is why I had to get on the mic. I'm usually a pretty lighthearted guy. I like to have fun. Uh, You know, I don't take offense to many things. But when somebody as uneducated and stupid tries to talk about barbecue, it just frustrates me because he has a big platform, and he's saying just stupid things, right, you're, um, you're entitled to your opinion, that's fine, but the fact that he said, uh, right here, he had Lexington barbecue, and then somebody said, that's by far the lesser of the two styles, vinegar base is better, and he says, that's what I had, (laughs) no, you didn't, my man, you did not have it, because you just said, although you were in Charlotte, apparently drove out to Lexington, to just to get Lexington barbecue, okay, that's that's cool, I you know, I go out of my way to get good barbecue, I guess I can understand that, but Lexington is a style, right, it, it is a barbecue place, there's a place called Lexington, and it's a town, but uh, it's it's their own style, it's it's like the western North Carolina style, but they call it Lexington, and it's different from eastern North Carolina, and that's what everyone's trying to tell them, eastern North Carolina barbecue is vinegar-based, it's heavy in vinegar, and uh, red peppers, and, uh, you know, it's just chopped pork, it's it's surprisingly different, he thinks he had the vinegar base, because he's probably not used to vinegar at all, because um, he's lived in Texas for like a year or something, and claims to be a Texan all of a sudden, but, you know, he, he which is another thing, how are you from Florida, and you haven't had vinegar barbecue that's what all the southeast is i know florida really isn't the south but that's just insane to me anyway uh you know he claims texas barbecue so he's not used to any kind of vinegar so he probably thought oh this is the vinegar based um sauce that everyone's talking about but no it's not that's lexington it's more of a tomato based uh sauce so He had this tweet of his rankings. Uh, Number one, Texas, which is fair, you know. um, Texas is great. If anybody told me, hey, Texas has the best barbecue, I would be like, you know, that's your opinion and I wouldn't argue it because possibly they do. It's it's a tough one, I'll get to mine in a second. Number two, Kansas City, ha! That's laughable. Get the fuck out of here. Have you had Kansas City barbecue? Talk about one of the most overrated places. Number three, Memphis. Yeah, that's, that's solid. Number four, Georgia. Okay. Even people in Georgia, and you know I'm saying this because I'm not from Georgia, so if somebody from Georgia might actually correct me on this, but I feel like even people from Georgia would be like, we don't really have a barbecue style. They just kind of like run in between like Alabama and South Carolina styles, you know, they just will use like barbecue chicken and pork and eat hush puppies, and have coleslaw, you know, like normal, traditional southern barbecue, but it's not really like a style, so for him him to rank Georgia at four, and forget all the other ones before is insane, and then I, I'm i fairly certain this is just a joke, he says number five, California, I assume that's a joke, if, if it's not a joke, then he's just dumber than I even uh, was giving him credit for, and then number six, anywhere else, and then number seven, Carolina. Okay, so, to break that down first, Carolina is two different states, okay? So let's, you know, uh, address that first. Carolina, two completely different states. Not to mention, within those two states, there's at least three distinct barbecue styles. So you can't just, like, rank... Carolina, you've had Lexington, okay, so you could say, like, number seven below anything else is Lexington-style barbecue, and that's fine, that's your opinion, Uh, you hated it, maybe it was just a bad day, or you, you know, I don't know, I've I've been to Lexington barbecue, and it's good, so I don't know what happened to make you think it's that bad, Uh, I wouldn't say it's the best by any means, but it's good, um... So, yeah, Carolina is not a style. You, you should have ranked Lexington. You've never had Eastern North Carolina vinegar, and you've never had South Carolina style, which is mustard. So it, it, you're just wrong on so many accounts. So I decided I would just kind of... Uh, i go through, give you my rankings for barbecue styles. It's going to be 10 barbecue styles. It's the only 10 styles that matter. People will say, like, San Diego has barbecue. Or, uh, you know, the whole joke with, like, what is that, Brooklyn? Sorry, I'm drinking my Baja Blast. i got to get ready for this. I think it's, like, Brooklyn or something. Anyway, other people will try to talk about other styles. Those don't matter. These are the 10 styles that actually um, that matter, that exist. I'm going to go through and explain them a little bit too. I'll start with, uh, I guess I'll go through like 10 through 1, right? To Because uh, you're, now you're anticipating it. You're listening to this and you're like, oh man, I don't want barbecue. So I'm going to go 10, um, back all the way down to number 1, the best. And starting with, I guess 9 and 10, I won't really
0: explain.
1: explain just because it's not worth it in my opinion um i would say 10 is st louis honestly the ribs and their style of sauce is just i'm not a fan of it Uh, you've all had st louis ribs i'm not a huge fan texas makes better ribs you know kansas city and the best for ribs is memphis st louis ribs it just doesn't do it for me it's really overhyped And don't get me wrong, I'm not like Chaps, I'm not going to say it's garbage or trash. If it's barbecue, I don't care where I am or what it is, I'm going to eat it. And rarely have I had barbecue that's actually like trash. It's barbecue, it's always good. So anyway, St. Louis, sorry if uh, anybody out there is from St. Louis or huge St. Louis barbecue fans, I promise I'm not trying to insult you, this is my opinion. Uh, you can tell me I'm stupid and wrong all you want. Go on my Twitter and uh, attack me at Chairgaten. I'd love to hear it. And then uh, number nine. Sorry, I gotta do it to you. Uh, I love the I love 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 this state, but Georgia. Once again, um, although they do have like pretty decent food there, and they know how to make good food because it's a Southern state. Uh, it's just, when it comes to barbecue, they don't really have a distinct style, and, yeah, I, I, I only rank them because I think they are just good at making whatever, because it's real southern. Okay, then, um, number eight, South Carolina style barbecue. And, um, they do, they do, uh, similar to the rest of North Carolina, it's usually chopped pork, um, or barbecue chicken. And, um, I guess the real difference is the, the sauce that they use, which is tomato based sauce. And that's like the big thing that just like Carolina, it's just, you know, it's like pork and then you just change the sauce. But I mean, that makes all the difference. And then like the popular places for that is like, uh, Carolina barbecue in new Elton Scott's barbecue in Hemingway, um, and Jackie Heights barbecue in Leesville. So those are, if you're in in South Carolina or you're traveling and you want to try some good South Carolina barbecue, those are ones that are popular uh, that a lot of people highly recommend. Number seven, I would say, is Kansas City barbecue. I think Kansas City, like St. Louis, is really overhyped. I've had it a few different times. I just think that it's nothing that special. Like, what is their claim to fame? The burnt ends? You know, like, I, I just, it's not that great to me. You know, I'd rather have if I'm gonna have like the uh, the meats that they make because they do a lot of beef. You'll notice also like the east, the southeast, uh, or the real the hardcore south, and a lot of Texans will argue this with me. But like the real hardcore south, the south, you know, is uh, is usually pork or barbecue chicken. Whereas I'm not saying it's the west or anything, but west of the south. You know Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, Missouri, even all the way up. They will. They're more of cattle states because of they had the cowboy culture, whereas like the southeast did not. So they focus their barbecue more on beef, and that's a that's a main thing that I guess I wanted to point out was um, that's usually a big difference between the two styles. But Kansas City does beef like Texas, and it's just overhyped. I'd rather just eat. Texas. I mean, Kansas City does more than just beef. I'm not saying that's all they they they're stick to, but they just kind of do, like, everything. And none of it is excellence. You know, you, you need to, like, in my opinion, you need to, like, find something you're good at, stick to that, and only do that. Uh, anyway, I guess a couple must-tries would be, like, Oklahoma Joe's in Kansas City, uh, Gates Barbecue. I think that's a chain. And then, like, Arthur, something. Arthur, I think, uh, either way, Kansas City, it's good, not trashing you, Kansas City, I'll eat whatever barbecue you give me, but in terms of these other barbecue places, y'all are a little overhyped, and I think it's because you're in the Midwest, and you're, the Midwest is very limited when it comes to barbecue, don't take that as an insult, it's just a fact, if you're in the South, and especially the Southeast, uh, you're surrounded by very good barbecue, all the time, so, that might have something to do with it. What am I on, seven? Um, or I'm on six now, right? this should be six, right? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, that's six. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, at six, I'm going to go with Lexington. Style barbecue. And so this is, I guess, where I I, I understand a little bit... like lexington style is when people say like north carolina style barbecue um i think most of the time people are referring to eastern north carolina style barbecue the vinegar because it's so distinct and different and it's amazing i'm gonna get to that later (laughs) uh but lexington people from you know if you meet people in north carolina it's really funny because there is a divide it's like anything west of raleigh and they love lexington style barbecue and that's fine but anything east of Raleigh, and it's only vinegar. And if you go vice versa, like my, you know, my dad was born and raised in Eastern North Carolina his whole life. So if I'm driving through North Carolina with him or something like that, and we're west, of, essentially just west of Raleigh, he he doesn't even want to stop to get barbecue or anything. He's just like, no, why would I? It's not worth it. So I guess in that sense, he's a little bit like Chaps, right? Uh, but yeah, it's 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 just different. It's still um you know, chopped pork. Uh, but instead of using the whole hog, they smoke just the shoulders usually, which is a big difference to the style. And they also use more of a tomato base and less vinegar. Um Must Try Places is <laughs> Lexington, honestly, that's I mean that's the go-to place. That's what the whole style is named after, and I've had it and it's good, so I don't know why. But uh Red Bridges, Barbecue Lodge and Shelby up in there, they're good, and then um I think Stamys in Greensboro. I believe that's it. Uh, yeah, it's a good style. I mean, it's still good, but it's definitely not the superior uh, in North Carolina. And if anybody's listening to this, and granted, this is a NASCAR podcast, so actually there might be a lot of people uh, listening to this from Western North Carolina or just west of Raleigh. They might hate what I'm saying right now. But sorry that's just my opinion that's my take I've tried all these styles I'm not just making these up I've tried all these styles been to their uh the must try barbecue places and you know I feel like I've given a good effort to all uh to all the best or I try to and I've tried you know I travel around a lot I've grown up moving around my whole life I travel for fun me and my wife that's what we do for vacation we just get in the car I always prefer to drive over flying because I want to experience the places that I'm going through So I've never left the United States of America, but I've been to almost every place in America. Um, So I I got a little bit of an understanding for this. I'm not, I don't, you know, I I can do, you know, brisket and I've done a lot of pig pickings. I know how to do that style, but I'm not like an expert. But when it comes to eating it, I sure as hell am an expert. Uh, After that, I think I'm on five. Let's just go with that. After that uh, is Memphis style barbecue. It's good it's a it's a solid barbecue it lives up to the hype um maybe not always memphis is very very hyped uh so like maybe not always i've I've, ha- I've had some friends that come back and they go like well it wasn't you know it was pretty good but you know if you're from texas and you're going out there to get ribs and stuff like maybe it's not gonna live quite up to the hype but it's still good you know they're known for their baby back ribs everybody knows that they do dry rub um and traditionally slow uh slow smoked over hickory and coated with pa- uh paprika so i'd say the uh, sig- uh must must try barbecue joints um let's see what they have here R barbecue memphis been there uh germantown uh commissary in, in Germantown, which is in Memphis. Been there also. Those are both really good places. Uh, there's one other, Rendizos or something like that in Memphis. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. You've all had it. It's a Memphis barbecue with baby back ribs. Uh, after that, this is going to be an upset. I
0: know.
1: Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Oh, three, four, yeah, there's number four. People are gonna be a little confused by this, but honestly, I gotta go Alabama Barbecue. Uh, Easily the most underrated style. People forget that they have a distinct style it's always forgotten and um it's really good though it's criminally underrated and they just love like meaty sandwiches which i'm i, I love about that play I, I love going to bar uh alabama because they'll put a bunch of just meat on a sandwich and they'll fill it with anything from like pork to barbecue chicken top it with some slaw And then they do this uh, white sauce, which is a combination of mayonnaise and vinegar, which is sounds weird. I'm usually not like a fan of mayonnaise, but when it's on like the barbecue chicken, it's really good. It's very good, and there's a reason. You know, Alabama is the southern state. It is so southern, and I'm pretty sure it's traditionally overweight. I love Alabama, and I love their food. Um, Big Bob Gibson's barbecue indicator. It's a popular one uh dreamland they have like locations all over but that's one of the best chain barbecue places i've ever been to i've been to their location in, in tuscaloosa uh i think two different ones in birmingham maybe one was in hoover or mountain brook uh i've been to, oh and then also in huntsville i went to one I, yeah so i've been to like at least four dreamlands and they've always been good and uh it's it's a chain though uh, bob sykes also is a is a good place Highly, highly, highly recommend trying it. Don't overlook Aloha Barbecue because everybody else does for whatever reason. Number three. Another real big surprise that people probably don't even know exists. East Texas Barbecue. And I think a lot of people don't know that's a thing, but it is. Everyone just thinks of Texas as like brisket, right? Uh, No, East Texas has its own. And... A lot, if you've ever been to East Texas or Texas in general, you know that East Texas is like this weird in between area of the Texas, you know, normal Texas. Well, they talk, you know, normal Texan talks like me, you know, slight accent, wears cowboy boots, um, eats beef. Whereas a southerner, although there's a lot of different southern accents, they have a much thicker accent in like the real deep south um uh, they don't have that cowboy culture so anyway east texas is like this weird uh middle ground between the two with the mixture of uh, cajun so it's a very strange place uh they have very thick accents and it's just it's just weird but but uh their barbecue reflects that and that's what's really cool about it it's more of like a texas southern hybrid with a with a twist of cajun and it's so good and not enough people know about it it's only they like i live in austin and i don't know any east texas barbecue joints here it's it's not even that known in texas which is so sad if you uh are in houston there's a few of them and that's where i really started learning about it uh but all up and down east texas you'll find it they what's really interesting is um Although they, you know, pork, they don't do chopped pork like South does, they'll do sausage, and they also do boudin, which is so badass, because that's so Cajun, and it's the best type of sausage there is. Boudin is the best thing ever. Um, but what they do instead of, like, chop, chopped uh, pork, is they'll do chopped beef. So it's this weird, like, combination of, like, the Texas beef and chopping it, like they do in the South, and... In Central Texas, which is, like, the sliced brisket, which is what everybody knows of, like, as Texas barbecue, they try to, like, limit the bar- the the barbecue sauce. Because they're like, oh, you need to taste the meat, you know. But And that's fine. I get it. But you know what? Sometimes I just want some damn barbecue sauce. Sometimes I just want to smother that shit in some barbecue sauce and some hot sauce and put some onions on it and maybe even some jalapenos. If it's, like, a beef... If it's, like, a... Chopped beef sandwich. That's how I want it. So Eastern North uh, or uh, Eastern Texas, they do not hold back on the uh, on the barbecue sauce, which is great. So it's chopped beef sandwich with barbecue sauce and boudin. It's so good. Uh, number two, it, I call it Central Texas barbecue style. Most people would just call it Texas barbecue, but because there's an East Texas barbecue, I like to differentiate the two uh, central texas barbecue is just sliced brisket it's what you've had you know it i don't really need to oh yeah i also forgot uh east texas barbecue i definitely need to talk about the must-try joints because nobody knows about this style but um bob's barbecue in henderson very good east texas style uh, and then uh, two of my favorite places in Houston Ray's Barbecue in Houston which is in a really sketchy neighborhood and it's attached to a gas station so heads up if you're going there but it's right by the U of H campus so you know it's not going to be totally sketchy there's going to be people there that you know are normal or whatever uh, very good very good and then good company barbecue in in Houston it's a little bit more pricey but it's good Uh, Central Texas yeah it's just you know what it is it's brisket it's what everybody talks about when they talk about Texas that's the I would say the most popular barbecue style in the world I mean honestly that you can go anywhere and find this style you a lot of these other styles once you leave their region you don't ever find it again Texas barbecue is the one style that no matter where you go you will find it and they will advertise that it's Texas style you know Texas all it means is you're just like smoking brisket so it's not like that distinct. The sauce, the sauces are, you know, aren't that distinct either. But it is, in my opinion, second best. If somebody wanted to argue the best, I wouldn't argue that because it's that good. I mean, when when you have a good barbecue in Texas, you know, it, it's just incredible. Uh, the best places, and this is up for debate because I've had so many good places. It's hard. It's hard to limit. But I would say, you know, Franklin in Austin, uh, here in Austin, and uh, some people say it doesn't quite live up to the hype. That's not true. I've I've done this multiple times where I don't wait in the line. If anybody doesn't know, you usually have to wait in, like, a 30-minute – no, not 30, sorry. I was thinking of this podcast. It's about to hit 30 minutes. (laughs) No, you have to wait in the line for hours, though. You got to get there in the morning. It it is fun. You bring a cooler and chairs, and you drink and hang out, but um, they say, like, oh, that's why the barbecue tastes so good, because you wait so long. That's not true. Actually, you can place orders in advance if you have large enough parties. And I do that all the time with my family. I, You know, we never really wait for it. We just order ahead and go pick it up. And I, that's usually how I have it. And it's still incredible. So it's, it's definitely a place that I recommend. And honestly, it's fun waiting in the line if you come prepared. If you come with beer and chairs and a football or cornhole, it is a really fun thing to do in Austin. Also, Snow's Barbecue in Lexington, incredible, incredible, so good, tiny little town, the places, I think it was only open, I think it's only open like on Sundays or something like that, it's, uh, but it, it was amazing, also best ribs I've ever had in my life, I know it's not really like the style or whatever, but Best ribs I've ever had in my life. It was like steak on bones. It just fell right off. And then also Blacks in Lockhart. You know Lockhart's a famous barbecue town in Central Texas. Everybody knows about it in Texas at least. Yeah, those are uh, those are the places I'd recommend checking out. And then number one is my opinion: Eastern North Carolina. It's the uh, vinegar-based style. It, it's um, they what they do is like smoke a whole pig and they do pig pickings, it's like a event. Like my parents when they got married, I think had a pig, pick, pig pickin'. I've done them multiple times with my fraternity in Texas because nobody like knows what that is here. It's a lot of fun and um, they use no tomato, uh, which is very rare for a barbecue sauce style. Almost everybody uses some type of like tomato or something like thick. No, the, it's very thin vinegar uh, sauce with uh, uh, crushed red peppers. And, you know, you usually eat it just on a sandwich. So you, you'll have the, uh, the chopped pork. You don't have to eat on a sandwich. This is how I eat it. Chopped pork with smothered in the vinegar sauce and uh, topped with some slaw and a side of hush puppies. And that's like, that's like what you do. And also Texas Pete hot sauce. I like it a little bit spicier. But that's how you eat it. In my opinion, it's the best barbecue style there is. It's so simple, yet so delicious. Um, I don't I don't know. Like I said, if you want to argue that it's Texas over it, I wouldn't argue too hard against you because I totally understand, but in my opinion, this is the best style. And the must-try uh, barbecue joints uh, number one for me is Wilbur's because that's where my family's from. It's Goldsboro, North Carolina. It's a you know, it's it's considered one of the top places. It's gone downhill in recent uh, recently, unfortunately, a little bit. But the food's still incredible. Uh, so if you're ever driving through Goldsboro, North Carolina, for whatever reason, uh, then I highly recommend checking it out. They also have um, what is it, Scotts? I think across the street, which is also <laughs> oddly enough incredible. So two amazing places. Goldsboro, North Carolina is like. I think the hub of central or uh, of eastern North Carolina barbecue, are the vinegar sauce, in my opinion. Anyway, I would recommend if you want to try the true, uh, go to Goldsboro Wilbur's, um, Bee's Barbecue in Greenville. Also been there; it is very good. And then Skyline Inn Barbecue in Aiden; it's a little bit different, but very good also. So yeah, that's that's barbecue. That's my ten. What did I say in order? Uh, eastern North Carolina vinegar. Central Texas uh, or sliced brisket East Texas, which is chopped uh, chopped beef, chopped brisket Alabama, which is their white sauce, usually on chicken But they also do really good uh, pork in the sandwiches Um, And then Memphis, everybody knows Baby Back Ribs Lexington, North Carolina or Western North Carolina uh, It's more of a tomato-based sauce And they do more of the uh, pork shoulders Kansas City, everybody knows that you know you, you they do the just meats essentially, and then burnt ends is their big thing. South Carolina, which is a mustard sauce, uh, also pork. Just in my opinion, just isn't as good. I'm not saying it's bad. And then after that, what I say Georgia, and then St. Louis. That's my top ten barbecue places. If you want the the more expansed list or whatever, go to chairgating.com. I have a blog, I wrote it a long time ago, and it goes into detail about each barbecue style, Uh, helps you understand it a little bit more, tells you um, the places to go try them, so you know you're getting the real deal, Uh, so you don't end up like chaps and eat something that is bullshit. Anyway, this went way longer than I expected. That's how serious I am about barbecue. Also, I'm starving. I haven't eaten today. Uh, So, Yeah this went so much longer than I expected talking barbecue, so you know, I guess this is going to be kind of a two-parter, just a heads up this is going to be a very, very long episode, so if you want to uh, do an intermission, pause it, whatever and um, come back and listen you know, later on in the week or something like that, or during the weekend, you know, uh, you'll have something else to listen to I would pause it now, and then come back and listen but yeah let's get right into the discussion
2: with james it's good to be on here thanks for having me back rattlesnake
1: yeah give a plug what do you uh you got your socials your youtube by the way your instagram like are you paying for likes and shit because i don't believe you have blown up
2: uh i wouldn't say blown up i'd say the numbers are, are doing good for sure and it's all about pushing content so if you guys want like good quality content that's continuous and constantly put up hit me up on Instagram at I want to believe NASCAR that's probably the best source of um, social outlets you can get me or you can hit me up on Twitter at IWTBNASCAR. Um, but I'd rather do the Instagram page I don't know I'm just trying some different things there's uh, some newer platforms and I feel like I feel like you've
1: blown up in terms of like when I first had you on the podcast right and I, I feel like you had nowhere near 832 followers. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, you know, I'm sure people are like, oh, that's not much. But the ratio, you only follow 96. And then you always get like hundreds of likes on your photos. Look, this one, 569 likes. What kind of ratio is that? You have 832 followers? Who gets that shit?
2: Uh, I mean, that's just all. Honestly, uh, some free advice from, from my other Job, which is a lot of social media content management. Uh, you just have to continuously post. You have to be constant. Yeah. If that's you're where, posting, that's like where I suck. Group, yeah, but it's all about quality too. You know, I, I I hit and miss every day, just like everybody else. There are days where I have like a something I post that was great. Like the um, I think recently was uh, Ryan Newman's unveiling of his Oscar Mayer wiener. Yeah, that was
1: the one. That, yeah, I was just looking at you had yeah, 569 that, likes from.
2: That, that was a really good one, but, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of got people divided, which it should. Um, right. But then I'll have ones like uh, Earnhardt playing ball with Bonnet, you know. That didn't do as great, though, I mean. Really?
1: Because I noticed it? if I hashtag a bunch of stuff with just Dale Earnhardt, I always get a bunch of likes.
2: You got it. You got it. You got to Dale yeah that. I mean, it's the truth. Yeah, exactly.
1: You Daily Dale, Dale something. To, yeah.
2: Yeah race the daleness
1: anyway my listeners don't Uh care about our social content but y'all should uh go follow him if you already don't which i'm sure you already do welcome back Uh, thanks man yeah so right before we started recording we'll get into the other stuff the more current news right before we started recording we were talking about uh would you say the w series right
2: yeah the w series of course you know the 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 female uh driving series if you guys are aware of it
1: it's it's open wheel i wasn't aware of it. Uh, when are they starting? Next year? Or sometime. Oh, soon. Oh, they already
2: anymore? started this year. Their first event already uh, happened. It was a few weeks ago. How
1: did I miss this? It's just way only over it was head. in Germany. See, but this oh, yeah. is my point. This is what I wanted to talk about. This is the point. I keep up with motor shorts pretty well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, NASCAR is my main one, but I, I know when there's an F1 race on. I know when there's an IndyCar race on, even if that's only, like, Twice a year. Um, you know, K&N, all the way down to ARCA, all the way down to World of Outlaws. I do a pretty good job. Supercars, I know that's what you do. I, I don't I do not do a good job of keeping up with that. But, um,
2: yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's this realm, honestly. Because uh, the series that owns or that works with the W Series, DTM, that's uh, known also as German Touring Cars. It's the most oh, intense yeah. yeah. race cars in the world, man. Woo
1: yeah and i like those yeah. that would be sweet i just don't see it like nothing ever pops up send me more stuff by the way so i can watch i will you, you more know what we need
2: we need the fans let's all start crowdfunding and bring speed tv back because honestly yeah. that's that's what got me into a lot of this series yes. and uh all open wheel racing and sports car racing they have and have other TV, things
1: right um what's up mav tv have you watched that
2: mav mav is good it's just did
1: they have supercars it's, it's,
2: they they don't have any like you know sports cars or you know European series. Unfortunately, every everything's got its own like specialized thing. You know like how you have the, you have you have Hulu and the Netflix and every other streaming platform. Right, it's, it's really kind of the annoying. same thing with racing. Yeah, I mean rally cars is the same too. You get like a yep. a a bundle. You pay like thirty dollars a month to watch all the rally content you want.
1: Because I was just but, um, at my future sister in law's family's ranch over memorial day and they had mav tv on their cable and i was like oh i've never actually got to like really watch it because i don't have cable and um it, it seemed to be mostly like drag racing late models they even had boat racing
2: uh, did, you, did you see a tractor pull those, I those did are not. quality I did oh man, i mean i saw that on applebee's once and it had tractor pull i was like "Woo!"
1: i used to in high school we used to go to um the uh mud drags i don't know if they do that in florida
2: Oh, yeah, we, we have – mudding is like a, another culture here. Yeah. It's like the mudding capital of the world. Okay, because I was like
1: with my redneck friends, uh, obviously. <laughs> and we were so white trash that in high school uh, you had to like pay per person in the car, and we would all hide in the trunk. And um, it was like $2 a person.
0: Like we're hi- –
1: hiding in the trunk to not pay to get into mud drags how white trash is that
2: i mean that's uh that's up there with like jumping in the back of the truck to get over the bridge <laughs> at sebring but you know what that guy was doing with those two dollars man <laughs> <maddy daddies. laughs> he's buying them daddies you were fueling fueling the the fun times with the two dollar purchase so you would get into the mud drags but what was in there
1: they would just we'd watch uh trucks um drag race on mud mm-hmm. that was it and we would just like sit around and drink beer. And um, yeah, that's
2: it. I remember I think I paid my – I made my mom pay for a VHS tape of that. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, that was my racing culture I experienced here in Central Texas. It was just rednecks. Um, anyway, way off topic. What I wanted to talk about though was this W Series. And uh-huh. what I wanted to just kind of bring up was that's cool. You know, uh, I'd love to watch another open wheel series, something I can get into. But it just, you know, and this is what we were talking about before I pressed record. It to me, it seems a little regressive, in the fact that I feel like motorsports, and you, you know, you had your point too, which I'll let you bring up in just a second. In my opinion, from what I've seen, motorsports is like one of the few professional sports where uh, where women can compete equally with men at the highest level so like why are you trying to just make it all women's league it just seems like most women's leagues for whatever reason i'm not you know they they don't do as well as like the highest level professional league so if you can already compete and get into those highest level leagues like i don't know if you want some kind of like minor league that's fine but why is it all women that just seems weird to me uh go let me hear your argument
2: uh, um I mean it's the problem with 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 racing, especially once you get towards the ladder, the top ladders of open wheel racing is there's a lot of you know old guard there that still believe that women don't have a place in the driver's seat, and I mean that's kind of at, at any level. I didn't know Richard sports. Petty was
1: an open wheel. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, Richard, <laughs> Richard, I've got a lot of complaints with you, and that's one of them, uh, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, I, I, he, I saw those quotes. I, just, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like you got like head guys at Red Bull saying that, too. So, I mean, it's it might be an R thing if your team is related with R at first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, honestly, yeah, th- that's a big problem is people don't see women as having this role, whether it's in the driver's seat or somewhere within the paddock, because um, there are a lot of strong female engineers and, and mechanics, too, throughout motorsports. Uh, and a lot of them don't get that opportunity because of it could be the sexist vibe or just uh, mentality that's just been brought on, and like, there's no one's trying to change the wave. And I guess they're trying to change the wave. And yeah, hey, I, I get your, I, I totally I, agree with your I point. I guess it's,
1: and maybe it's more of an open wheel thing. And you know, I'm yeah. sure Richard Petty's in stock car racing, so I'm sure there there are. It, I just it seems weird to me because I always look at things like. And this is such a cliche thing to say, but like honestly, like the most qualified person gets the job, you know? So I just really yeah. don't even comprehend um, not giving somebody an opportunity if they are the best at what they do. And so I, what I was thinking also is if it is an issue in open wheel, which it very well could be because I don't keep up with that enough, especially in Europe or something, uh, I think good for NASCAR and stock car racing then because it seems like right now. Uh, more so than ever, in the, the, at least that I can remember, it seems like there's a lot of women coming up in the sport. Like every other time I'll put on KNN, I'm like, oh, oh, damn, there's like two chicks in this race. That's you know, like it's not something you're used to seeing. And uh, you know, we have uh, Natalie Decker, Haley Deegan. We have like these young women coming up in the sport, and I don't really see, you know, people will complain about them their driving ability. That's fine, but I don't. I haven't seen anybody be like, nope, they're a woman. I don't want them.
2: Yeah, you can't just be like that. I mean, honestly, yeah, who I is? feel like the mentality <laughs>
1: uh,
2: I feel like the mentality with like uh Danica Patrick did help change that. Though, I mean, Danica like you Rattlesnake will attest has not had the results no. that we all expected of yeah, I'm her with the Danica. equipment she Oh yeah, no. With the, with the equipment she, she was running in yeah. and everything, yeah. But I mean, to, then again, to get that kind of sponsorship money, she probably had to be in that kind of equipment or else they wouldn't have signed a Oh, yeah. Check.
1: I mean, she brought in money. Oh, yeah. She it's, brought it in was,
2: money. It was just one of those. Which is another good example, though. Controls, I guess.
1: Right? That's another good example. She had a couple, like, ten, top ten wins, I think. Something around there. No more than that. And um, was one of the highest-paid NASCAR drivers throughout her career. Contending with Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Dale Jr., some of the highest-paid drivers of all time. She was up in that list. And, uh, that's another good example of just like, I don't, I don't know. I just, it's a good example of, I don't think that I'm not saying Texas doesn't exist, you know, everything exists. I just, it seems like, uh, if you're able to compete at the highest level, like NASCAR, it just seems Mm -hmm. odd to me that you'd want to start your own female racing league.
2: Yeah. And NASCAR, I don't, I don't know how that would work. Um, I honestly see where they're trying to make the first wave happen with the W series to try to make it. Be something, but within NASCAR, you know, to see more women kind of get their opportunities um, to climb the ladder, that's I feel like more important because you know, look look back to Janet Guthrie. I mean, look at the mentality both IndyCar and NASCAR paddocks had to her being there. You know, geez, like no one wanted her there. I mean, Uh, times have changed, though.
1: You know, mm -hmm. like that was a long time ago. And granted, Richard Petty's still in the sport. I keep having to go back to him because it kind of throws a wrench into my argument. But um, I just think times have changed I
2: think I think Richard Petty's another example, like you said, of Danica Patrick. There's like that mentality of like the fans who will defend Danica are kind of the same fans that defend defend Richard Petty, just on the other side of the fence. It's so That's ironic true. to kind of hear both sides of it. Actually, yeah, it, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's it,
2: Switzerland. It's and it's know? it's always
1: it's always it was always frustrating as a NASCAR fan or a race fan to try to explain to people why you didn't like Danica Patrick because they're automatically like, oh, because she's a woman, and you're like, mm-hmm. that has literally <laughs> nothing to do with it at all. I just don't like that she's so popular and she doesn't pr- produce. And not to mention, I just didn't really like her attitude about things. Like, God forbid! I mean, could you imagine if Bubba Wallace was a complete asshole and shithead and like, like, and you want to not like him, but people would like guilt mm-hmm. you into like, thank God he's the most likable
2: driver, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's kind of crazy to think that, but yeah, there is that that uh, forced guilt mentality. Uh, when Danica was around, it was like, "Yeah, I don't like her just because she's a woman." I mean, right. sometimes you you could probably get a a crowd of people that would do that for Bubba, uh, because of or even Daniel Suarez too, because of of just their difference yeah. uh, that they bring, sure or even Eric for example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like
1: I just don't hear I, those opinions, you know?
2: No, I, I did. I did hear a really weird one at at uh, the Indy Five Hundred party I was yep. at, and this guy was like making a comment about like a Chinese dude. <laughs> And yeah. I was like no he's from Japan uh he was talking about the Kumisado, oh, like, oh I thought you were hey, talking about
1: NASCAR I was like
2: is this a No no I, was, talking, was, talking, I was just like <laughs> it just like hit me right there like that I'm like no dude he's he's Japanese he's not Chinese and he was just I don't I don't know man some people have like a Was mentality. he trying to make a
1: joke though was it be, was it lighthearted cuz that's another thing is like
2: I'm, not, sa- I'm really not saying
1: confused. like I'm condoning. He sounded
2: genuinely confused. Okay, because I'm, I'm not trying to like tell like, my audience like he was hey. like a, a a child who just entered the conversation. He was okay. just like, huh, right. what's happening here? You know, like he just he he was he had probably some beer goggles on. He just looked at the TV and r- realized he was at a party for a race again. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: because I don't I don't want to try to condone racist jokes. I'm not trying to tell my audience like. Hey, I like to make fun of other races. My point, I guess, to that was like, there is a difference, I think, if uh, the demeanor or like the meaning behind it is like, well, like, are you just making a joke or do you really not like a person because of who they are?
2: Um, I think I think that, too, also kind of stems to a little bit of a a mindset you you people uh, might have that have that mentality with women where yeah. like having their own series isn't a good thing. Look at open wheel series, open car, open wheel racing. There are a lot more women in throughout throughout the, the the ladders of open wheel racing, more so than NASCAR. You know what I mean? I like would you think. have uh, yeah. Formula Four, Formula Three. Uh, there there are some good participants within that. Uh, Road to Indy, Indy Lights. I mean, there's like this ladder system where women. Do appear. And it it comes down to like a money thing, like you said, too. Because I mean, I think more so nowadays, it's really pay to play in every division. Yeah, which is
1: very frustrating.
2: Yeah. And it's like you you get that, you lose that genuine, you know, coming up story like we had with Dale Earnhardt. Which is, I mean, it's never. And
1: and the pay to play thing is actually, we're going to in a minute talk about the uh, rumors of hybrid engines and that's a big thing that I wanted to bring up hopefully you know more a little bit more about the hybrid engines because maybe you've uh, been around them but yeah I guess to wrap it up my, my whole thing is I don't care I'm not against uh the W series it's fine and you know maybe I'll even watch it just because it's another thing to watch that's racing it just seems strange to me it seems a little regressive in one of the few major you know sports uh, where women truly can compete at the same level. It just seems weird. I don't know. Um, anyway, do you want to do a recap of the Coke 600?
2: Yeah, sure. Let's break it down because there is a lot of, you know, at the end of 600 miles, the uh, results list always looks much different than it would at the end of any other race. So I'd say we just, let's break it down. Uh, how about you start it off with uh, position number one? Well,
1: I can tell you. Um, I watched the whole thing while we were at the ranch. Uh, You know, my wife understands. She knows i got to watch every race. Uh, I don't know how the rest of the family felt, but I sat inside while they were making s'mores and everything and eating dinner. Uh, It was a really good race, really entertaining the whole time, Um, a lot of lead changes. And this package continues to prove all the haters wrong. Mm-hmm. That's like my that's like my biggest take takeaway from this is how many weeks in a row have we had really quality racing that we aren't used to seeing?
2: Yeah, and it's and it's throughout the pack racing too. You know, you don't just see it. You know, amongst the top ten, which has been great too. The top ten, the top five being so close, and there being a lot of parity. But you know, throughout the field, just great quality racing, and from you know all of the cars, you might see like you know BK Brad Keselowski, he might be up in the top five you know, at one point in the race. Next thing you know, bam, he's battling for 15th, and you got, like, everyone having hard-fought battles for 15th. But it's amazing to see, you know? Like, keep panning to every single point of action, Fox. It's been, like, amazing, because that's what this uh, package is producing. But, you know, I I don't know if you could think of it, too, but to me, it seems like uh, Vegas, Vegas, uh, Charlotte, and uh, not so much Texas, maybe just because of the banking, but a lot of these one-and-a-half-mile tracks, Kansas included, have had amazing racing just throughout. I will say, I
1: think Texas uh, was better.
2: Oh, for sure! Much I don't better. think
1: it was a fantastic race by any means, but at least it was better. So, like everything seems to be showing progress. And um, it, when did Truex win? Like three years ago, the six
2: hundred. Um. Yeah. Because wasn't it Bush yeah. last year? Austin Dillon yeah. seventeen,
1: and then. Okay, so yeah, he had like half the laps led. He led like one hundred and fifty. Laps, but when he won three years ago, he had like over 300.
2: So, yeah, he uh, led like a a quarter of the laps this time. So, I mean, yeah, I agree. Not that super dominant of the performance like last time, but still, he definitely had probably the best car there. Yeah, I would say, honestly, the only person who had a better car than him was Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush had probably the best car. Unfortunately, Kyle
1: maybe had problems.
2: Yeah, and that's the That's, true. that's, that, thing.
1: Uh, that's Yeah, I think you're right with the issues that, yeah. that affected it later T- on.
2: Timing is everything because, I mean, look at look, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Yep. was able to bounce back from that spin, but it took all race long for him to get kind of up towards the top five again.
1: Right. Yeah, and, um, you know, I guess the only – the one frustrating thing is, like, uh, on that restart, uh, Truex really didn't – you know, once he pulled away, he was gone. Nobody's going to catch him with the last couple laps.
2: Oh, on the final restart? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, y- but, you kind of kind of knew that.
1: Right, and that's the thing. I've seen some people use that as, like, a negative, but I'm like, I it's not a negative. That's just racing. Like, he had the momentum on the restart when everybody else lost their momentum, and he pulled yeah. away, and he has a good car. You know, it's only a couple laps. They're not going to be able to catch him. That's just the fact of the matter, you know? Like, he had the better restart that's what happened so
2: and honestly if kyle bush probably would have gotten clear sailing and the cleaner yeah, and he, he probably did. would have set sail i
1: think he would any, have too uh anybody he almost had it
2: at that point yeah like i don't if know would have had the, had the, the better restart
1: yeah any of those guys
2: yeah because it's it's really interesting i've 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 said this before on on, on my channel this is definitely a restart package this is the package you want to have when there's 10 to go yeah and it's yeah. all on the line you're going to see four or five wide racing throughout the pack and you're going to see some amazing things but with that you're going to see amazing results because people who are able to stay on the lead lap and take advantage of lucky dogs and just kind of being there at the end can get amazing finishes like uh cory lajoy i mean he finished like top 12 i mean that's great for him and his team yeah Just your face on the car you know what i mean
1: <laughs> yeah it is uh this package does seem to be favoring drivers that are good at restarts and definitely hindering Mm -hmm. guys that aren't as good at restarts i've noticed that a lot
2: do you like restarts rattlesnake i do are you good at them on on, uh on heat
1: i do like restarts because it makes the race more exciting but it seems like every time there's a damn restart it's when a driver i like is in the lead (laughs) so i'm like damn it damn it um i keep thinking back to like the all-star open i'm not like diehard um, Daniel Hemrick and the Open was the best racing I've maybe ever watched. So mm-hmm. it was okay. It was worth it. But I remember, you know, in the stage one when Hemrick had a 1. 1.8, 1.86 lead uh, yeah. over Larson and with only a couple laps left, clearly going to win. And then the restart comes. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. So I like restarts. It's exciting. It's fun. But it sucks when it's against you. Not to mention, I. Was so frustrated uh, in stage three when Kyle Larson took out Austin Dillon, not on purpose or anything, um, but yeah, that that just upset me because as an Austin Dillon fan, he's won this race, one of the only two races he's won. So I'm like, all right, Daytona 500's already passed. I need him to win this one. So
2: yeah, I, I, I'd give it to Austin. He tried to really try. He really tried to get through that hole. Um, yeah. Obviously kyle bush behind him got through not to say that you know if austin would have slowed up he would have got through he might have bettered his chances but he ultimately saw that chance to go to the to the bottom it just closed up it's just how fast things happen yeah you you just
1: gotta take yeah you gotta take one of the directions and he went with the wrong one that day yeah it happens Uh, yeah and uh, either
2: either way he got a coke zero at the end of the night so (laughs)
1: Yeah, and Kyle Larson is one guy that you know never would mean to do anything like you know. So, yeah, you can't be upset at anybody. Everybody did their jobs. Everything was normal, and you're just upset that your driver's not in it anymore. But
2: it so, though, ironically, he he took out both the, ty- the, I the Dylan know, brothers. I know,
1: and I saw t- so many Dylan brother haters on Twitter, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. Kyle Larson's my new favorite driver. He took out both Dylan brothers." Like, God, <laughs> just go fuck yourself. I don't. Um. Yeah, being Austin and the fans hard out here, man. Yeah. Okay.
2: So that's Coke Six Hundred.
1: Anything else? Any other <gasps> little tidbits you want to add?
2: Um. Yeah. Like the only thing I would add it, is so. that, it. I'm. I'm just sad that this is the last oval race at Charlotte this year. It was the first, oh, first and only one. I mean, that's it. That's yeah. I, I, I got Roval next. So a little, little disappointed because I always look forward and, to the October race. And they were race. all so good i know it's 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 over now we have to look forward i guess to uh las vegas is still on the schedule and um a few other ones left in the season but uh Dude,
1: kentucky's man, looking I, interesting with this package kentucky could be a very w- good race
2: yeah because that that track is aged now again and i feel like once it's seasoned a little bit um it, it, it's just i don't know produces better racing and these tires are two are really good uh and those tire problems from Joe Gibbs Racing being like, I feel like that definitely was like their own causing. And it wasn't like a manufacturer thing yeah. from, you know, years So, good yeah. year this year has been really doing. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right
0: now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Hi, I'm Maria.
0: And I'm Mike. And we're Team ready. Ready.
2: Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is so they want you to be ready.
0: It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible.
2: Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather.
0: Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.
2: been great adapting to this uh, platform and understanding that the corner speeds are gonna be much more different and higher and producing a good tire to let everybody race on. Yeah yeah i mean
1: overall the just the racing this year has been (laughs) incredible and uh i was saying it last week on this podcast just you know what a terrible year for so many nascar fans to give up on nascar (laughs) like this is the one Um, year you should have stuck through it man because it got good
2: unless you've heard the the words of our lord and savior uh Earnhardt jr and a lot of fans have come back because of him like i've heard uh from like just testament on testimony on his podcast people are like yeah we're coming back you know we you know we hear your podcast we're watching the sport again so unless you're those people you've been missing out because like man it's been the best I don't know it's just like every every race it progressively gets better and I feel like a lot of the uh, naysayers continue to shut up as it gets better yeah
1: I, I mean that's the best way to explain it the the more the season is going the less I'm hearing from them
2: because they're
1: just keep getting proven wrong and I was not expecting that you know, I was just trying to stay optimistic. I was like, I got to put on a happy face this season. But, uh, no, it's been incredible.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, insert our Taylor Swift here because, you know, is going to hate, 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 hate.
1: <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's where I'll put it. And speaking yeah. of inserting, uh, you know, sound bits, uh, you want to move over to talking about the rumors that everyone's talking about. Uh, I think it started yesterday, right? Yeah, the too much hybrid. change is... Too much change is not a good thing.
2: That's the climate. I don't know where this rumor stems from. You know, I've been like looking through the the NASCAR.com article where uh, where Brad Keselowski kind right. of right. Uh, I've read that. That was a while it. ago. Um, and because I feel like a lot of it stems from there. You kind of go got to go back a little bit in time. And... and there was something else. I think it was Adam Stern. Adam account. Stern's recent release where they they were talking about it, that's where I think it's really brought everybody to a buzz. I, this is where I've just gotten to just kind of like looking through them some some stuff and digesting a lot of uh a lot of take too I mean uh if you follow me on Twitter, you guys saw kind of what I said uh after fax nascar um, had had his two cents about it <laughs> um, What did you say? Honestly, I can't I I, I'm I'm all about uh having turbocharged four cylinders man let's let's go for something like that well I mean that doesn't surprise
1: me based on like you know the type of racing mm -hmm. that you keep up with too that's
2: oh yeah no as a sports car racing as as after getting into sports car racing a little bit more and working within that discipline you understand the value of like low horsepower cars and even rally cars um rally, in rally racing you can have all the horsepower in the world it's not going to win you the rally uh, and that's what's really cool about that discipline um, it, you throw a horsepower out the window but you look at other forms of motorsports like F1 where you know they had a point in time where it was these beautiful huge engines strapped to these you know four wheel chassis that the, they would just strap a human being into and be like all right yeah. go it's
1: like a jet yeah
2: <laughs> yeah i mean it was it was you know like that was back when apparently you needed balls to go racing. I don't know how, when you right. ever needed balls, but I, I, <laughs> <laughs> but back then you did, but it was also back when they would, you would lose a lot of people in technology. Technology has been kind of an Achilles heel for racing. Cause I feel like this is where yeah. this stems from. Um, a lot of people have stemmed the thoughts of like NASCAR going hybrid, I believe from a lot of the uh, hybrid series that exists, uh, within WEC WEC. Um, which is another sports car platform. The Toyota hybrid uh, that Alonso drives is one that's uh, been brought up a lot. And if you want to be, you know, bring that to the equation, you can. But honestly, there's only one in the category. It races by itself. Like Porsche had one, right. and Audi had, one. yeah. This, they both bowed out years ago.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was reading about that.
2: And it's understandable why they did. It was just extremely expensive. And Toyota's, Toyota used hybrid technology probably from Priests to develop that. That's technology. what I would think. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I mean, you can look at supercars like a McLaren, uh, and some of their models use hybrid technology to to increase the the car's horsepower by 200. So you have a a 400 horsepower, you know, gas engine and maybe like uh, 18 horsepower electric motor by itself, but when you configure it, you can take that electric motor and convert it to help gain 200 additional horsepower, so now you have a 600 horsepower power plant. Um, So I can see where a lot of people are saying, yes, you know, this hybrid technology could be something, because you can bring the horsepower numbers back up. The biggest thing, though, is you're shrinking the size of the engine. Uh, but right. this is where I really wanna stop start stopping people. I think hybrid is way too far. Where you gotta walk before you gotta crawl before you walk. And hybrid is like you're running with the baton and you're you know, you're Daniel Hemrick with your two second lead and then the caution's gonna come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> if like you think you got it made, it's not hybrid is not it's not gonna happen. first off, we need to start to understand how to shrink the engines. NASCAR needs to understand how to shrink the engines and make a reliable 6-cylinder engine that's going to go 500 miles. You know, back in the Bush Grand National days, they had 6-cylinder engines. They just weren't reliable. That's why they went back to V8s. You know, the Goody dash series used to run I, I believe if 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 I'm not mistaken they ran like 4 cylinders and 6-cylinder engines in the Goodyear dash series and they would run those cars on the high banks of Daytona. Though, I mean, the, the downforce wasn't that great on them. and You would see these flips, and there's always crash <laughs> compilations with them flipping, right. but still, th- those were four-cylinder engines. I mean, that's where I feel like NASCAR needs to work with that. And they can, because, I mean, look at a company like Roush Yates. Roush Yates goes and competes in WEC. They go and compete in these really big sports car races at IMSA. And they've won the big ones, the 24 Hours of Le Mans. They've run well at Daytona in the 24-hour and the 12-hours at Sebring as well. They understand how to make reliable power plants that are not just typical V8s. I believe those were six-cylinder turbocharged engines in the um, the GTs. Uh, so it, it just shows that you don't always have to have a big V8. Yeah, a big V8 would be dope and be amazing, but unfortunately, that's not what you get in your car. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's something, too, I had a discussion with that with another fan. Uh, they they're pointing out, oh, does Camaro or Mustang even make a, a, a hybrid car? And I found in a Motor Trend article, I believe, that was saying that they will in a few years. I believe um, 2020 is a release date that they're trying to push for a, a hybrid Mustang for Ford, which is great. But, I mean, it doesn't exist now. And that's what upsets fans. They want it to exist now. If you're going to base it off something, let it exist now. Otherwise, let's just keep it as is for the purist's sake. Which also brings up another great point, like Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin talking in the media center when they were like, oh, is it important that the 600 is 600 miles? He's like, I don't care. Yeah, All I, I care about, about is that last,
1: yeah, last week.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, your thoughts on that were, were great to hear. Uh, I mean, I don't know if if, if you kind of – do you feel like the, the purest of the sports are, are the ones really rising up and wanting this big horsepower and not wanting hybrids? Well,
1: so, yeah, I guess here's my some of my takes. Um, I don't understand. I've been doing as much research, research as I can, I, and I'm not a mechanic. I don't understand the engines like uh, like the professionals do, right? So I can't really say um, anything that that way, right, because I'm just going to sound stupid and i've also you know understood after reading a bunch of stuff that it really wouldn't or shouldn't change the sound of the car which is a big thing for people um because i've seen some people making fun of people for saying that but the sound of the car is a big deal in race cars that's just everybody knows that That, that's how you know you you can tell a certain race car by how they sound so that's that's one thing you do want to try to keep as close to um always being the same as possible for nascar you you want that sound but I think everyone's saying, like, hybrid has to happen eventually. And maybe that's true. Um, it does seem like all the manufacturers are going that route. And it seems like them talking about this or this rumor coming out uh, is just another way to attract another manufacturer. Because it's no secret that they've been trying to attract another manufacturer. Um, so I think all this talk has only has that to do with it right they just want another manufacturer um i think if hybrids are the future that's fine i wouldn't be like i don't know i'm not like oh if you do anything else i'll never watch it again i'll I'll give anything a chance um Mm -hmm. my point is kind of like what you're saying how these manufacturers are planning on releasing hybrids eventually i would wait until the next gen comes out honestly i think it's this is too soon um, I would let these manufacturers start to release those hybrid versions, have those out for a number of years, maybe even some other race um, organizations try them out, stuff like that. I think it's too much of a leap to try for Gen 7. That's my. That's like the best thing I can say is um, for the Gen 7, I think the only thing you need to be concerned about is lowering costs for these teams. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me... I don't know for a fact. It seems to me that um, going to hybrid this quickly wouldn't lower the cost, I don't think. Oh, no. Yeah, so if you wait until Gen 8, let's say, uh, I imagine at this point you might be able to lower the cost from a V8 to a hybrid, and it would actually save you some money. Um, but right now, I think it's too soon. That's like that's the best way I can put it. Um, just Just focus on lowering the cost.
2: Yeah, because honestly, and, and this is where I think fans need all to understand this this mentality, this is not some cost that the teams have to feel. This is a cost that the manufacturers need to be, you know, taking the brunt of. If you're going to create a whole new power plant, yeah, that's true. you know, the series needs to work in part with the manufacturers. Unfortunately, with, with power in, in NASCAR, you got the engine departments, you know, that, that kind of stifles it too, because, you know, I feel like Roush Yates has really done a good job of kind of... Gathering all of the Ford participants and having like a way to give everybody an equal chance of having the same motor. Yeah. That's not you know been tampered with or messed around or anything. Where uh, Chevy, you know, they have RCR. You have uh, Hendrick. Chip Ganassi. I think do they get motors from Hendrick? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure i don't not know because sure. there's so many alliances you know, yeah like,
1: exactly i can't yep. remember i feel like is chip ganassi not separate i don't know uh
2: because
1: uh, like richard I don't petty think... goes through rcr i know that yes
2: they uh, go through rcr and then uh
1: oh and then Germain also goes through rcr
2: germaine goes rcr i think jd uh jtg goes through rcr as well damn that's not um, going through rcr yeah, it is, I mean, but, you know, think of all that support. I mean, that, and that's what it's kind of come down to in NASCAR. You know, you kind of feed off the big team, which is fine, but I feel like the manufacturer needs to come in too and really involve themselves, not just with the power plant, but with the car more. You know, I it's kind of really been interesting to see uh, participating within sports car racing and being involved in it. You see how much involvement a manufacturer has with mm-hmm. even any team um, from. Any point and you see how truly stocked those cars are. I mean, they're literally ordering parts from the dealership that are OEM parts sometimes, which is kind of funny. You don't see that on a NASCAR. Everything's kind of fabricated and built in house. Right. Yeah. Um which is fine, but uh, you know, I feel like there's a kind of a fine line where that I feel like if the if the manufacturers make more of an investment, do more of an involvement, you can alleviate the cost for the teams. And that way the teams can expand and use that to, to grow. Yeah, but when it comes, at
1: the end of the day for me, for Gen 7, that's all it comes down to is lowering costs. I think that's the yeah. most important thing. There's no it's it's obvious that NASCAR has greatly declined since um, in the past decade, this whole decade, they've been just falling off hard. And the cars are just getting more expensive. Less people are going to races, less people are watching. Like that just doesn't add up, you know. The economics doesn't work there so you need to make sure to lower the cost to compete uh while the sport is declining thankfully this year i just wrote an article that talks about tv ratings so far it's actually pretty sweet i did a shit ton of research and um although we are down from this same time last year 0.0199 percent in viewership um we have more races that have increased in viewership more overall races so it does look like the decline might be finally stopping but either way we are a far cry from where we were and it seems like the cars just keep getting more expensive
2: and that just can't happen well i mean you look how many people are entered in this weekend's race like only 37 yeah it's not even a full field so i mean it's uh it does show that you need a quality car but you know they're they're From the 600, I I felt like there were more quality cars that were contending. I mean, for sure, you're going to have the stranglehold of the top five and those few cars that are going to obviously dominate and win. uh, But there's still opportunity. Uh, And I feel like that, for me, when I was a fan, that's always what drew me in was that, like, almost any given Sunday, there were, like, 20 guys who could win the race. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's unfortunate when you know half the field's going out there and equipment that will put them six laps down eventually, (laughs) you know? It's just... Yeah, that sucks. Like, I don't want to watch that. I'd like to see guys that uh, can at least put together equipment good enough to compete regardless of what their name is.
2: And and it's like what we were talking about, about technology being a double-edged sword. It That's where the cost of having good technology is just so astronomic. You know, any no one can afford it. Like, everyone last weekend when they were talking about Truex uh, hitting the 52 car – um that that was a big blow for that team because i yep. mean that was a car gone i mean that's they, yeah. they can't they're gonna try to rebuild it but like from its original point it's gone like yeah. you can't you can fix it but it's never gonna be the same and, yeah, that's, and what that's people don't understand yeah now it's lost value so that's like a huge investment hit for that team because i mean they would probably have run it for a few races and then would have sold it you know because that's what teams like that do like I, I don't know. people don't understand the whole economic side. I feel like there there should be some like good exposure to that because, for the team's sake, you know, yeah, there's this uh, charter system and all this alliance, but still, it doesn't mean that costs have really went down at all,
1: right. And it, you know, it, it's kind of funny, too, because the only way for a small team like that to exist or bounce back is, you know they need equipment that will at least be able to compete with others, so they can you know have a good finish. So then that way they can get more sponsors. Well, number one, they don't have the sponsors because NASCAR's been losing sponsorships, and then because of that, they can't get the equipment. So it's like this cycle that is just you need to lower the cost, and that would alleviate a lot of these issues, I think. Um, so they need that's that's my whole thing about. Uh, the hybrid rumors, I don't care. I just think that that's not what we need to be focused on right now. Uh, I think we need to be focused on making lowering the cost and making it more competitive for all teams.
2: And it's just a hybrid theory, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's the outro song. There we go. Yeah. So thanks for coming on.
2: Yeah, no problem, man. It was really great. I hope, uh, oh, hope which, I get to come on again. Which
1: uh, hybrid theory song am I playing?
2: Uh, we just, we gotta, and for we gotta, all the we listeners, they're
1: currently hearing it. So uh what, what what am I playing right now?
2: Oh we gotta be we gotta be playing crawling.
1: Okay, um, that's what I'll be crawling. playing. How yeah. how long can I play it before I get in trouble? Fifteen seconds?
2: Fifteen seconds.
1: Okay. Alright. This has been about fifteen seconds. Uh thanks for coming on. And I'll have you on again soon because Eric left Austin. So you might start to replace him as the most reoccurring guest.
2: Oh, that's fine. I don't mind that. <laughs> Let me know. I'll put, like, some graphics together so I can promote it on my page, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I made you a design, and you hated it, and you called it stupid, so.
2: I didn't say it was stupid. Yeah, you were
1: like, Whoa. shut up. You're
2: fat. It's stupid. No. See, <laughs> I, as someone who's had to endure years of cr- constructive criticism, I didn't even say anything. <laughs> so,
1: thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll see you next week. Peace.
2: Peace. Can't you see you're not making Christianity better? You're just making rock and roll worse.